Halloween 2 from 1981. Tagline, the boogeyman is back. Mm. <laughs> uh, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Uh, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Music by John Carpenter. Made for a budget of $2.5 million. Uh, made $25.5 million. So respectable amount of money it made uh, yeah. although the extra budget in this i didn't feel like really made it that much better in the first movie which was made for significantly less but yeah it seemed like i would say the same quality it was definitely not better quality it was the same quality at best at best yes uh principal players jamie lee curtis playing laurie strode uh, final girl and dun 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 she's his sister <gasps> Which, I mean, they really, what is it, about three quarters of the way of the film we find this out? Yeah, it's uh, Loomis is in the car ride uh, back to uh, Smith's Grove and uh, whoever the executive woman is and the U.S. Marshal that's been hired to take them back there. She's like, I got to tell you something. There was notes that were kept from you that were locked up by the court, blah, blah, blah. There was a younger sister and, you know, that. yeah, it's like toward the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, Dick Warlock, which yeah. is a hell of a name, uh, plays the shape slash Michael Myers, uh, who is the uh, sororicide. I looked that fancy word up. Sister killer slash. Okay. <laughs> which is what he does. I mean, literally in the first two yeah. films, he's just he's killing his sisters. I mean. She's my sister. Uh, She's my sister. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> uh, he was in Firestarter in 1984. Ooh. I mean, I think they, these are all like uh, stunt gigs oh, okay uh the thing Ooh. escape from new york uh inner space spider-man 2002 wow child's play two and three <gasps> the abyss pumpkin head big trouble in little china friday the 13th a new beginning uh halloween three season of the witch and then angel one and three which is a uh, low budget movie about it's kind of a rape revenge style movie about a kid. It starts out with a girl who's in high school, but at night she's a hooker on the streets of LA. Okay. And, uh, then like, I mean, throughout the rest of the movies they're one way or the other, they drag her back into the, where she has to kill a bunch of people, kind of like, uh, the female version of death wish or something. So. Okay. Um, what season would pumpkin head be going into creature feature? It would be a creature feature. Okay. God, I can't wait for that, uh, all yeah. that fucking movie so much. That's going to be fun. Uh, Donald Pleasance back again as Dr. Samuel Loomis, the Doom Prophet and the Van Helsing of the series. Mm, Pooh Bear, Dr. Loomis. <laughs> He's a little bit more Pooh Bear in this oh, movie. Oh, he is a lot more Pooh Bear in this movie. Uh, Charles Cyphers plays Lee Brackett, the local town sheriff again, uh, only in it for like a split second, just enough to realize his daughter's dead and then the fuck off. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, Lance Guest plays Jimmy, the ambulance driver who's smitten with Laurie in the movie. Uh, he was in The Last Starfighter that Nick Castle directed. Uh, Jaws the Revenge, Altered Perceptions from 2023, and Night of the Wolf, which is a pretty good werewolf movie about a werewolf that starts attacking an old folks' home. Wait, What? Yeah, it's like there's a retired group of these uh, or these old folks or whatever that living in a home, and there there's a werewolf that's about, and it's like it's like a lower budget, but they actually do a pretty good job with it. Yeah. Uh, Annie Brewer plays Alice Martin, Haddonfield High School student. Uh, Jack Verboy plays uh, Bennett Ben Tramer, Laurie's <laughs> ill-fated love. 
uh, got ran over by a police car and then blows up instantly whenever yes. he gets hit. Uh, he's a stunt man that was in Escape from New York, Predator, Casino, Scarface, and Army of Darkness. Uh, Cliff Emick uh, plays Mr. Garrett, uh, the hospital <laughs> security guard. Oh, I was thinking Mr. Garrison. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> Uh, and he's sadly one of those guys who was heavy back in the seventies or early eighties, which was next to nobody because whatever they done to our food and caused us all to get overweight or whatever happened to us hadn't been, a, wasn't a thing then. So if you were fat back in those days, people let you know about it and poor cliff. I mean, he was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Leo Rossi plays Vincent Bud, the Chud Scarlatti. Uh, he's not Bud the Chud. He's just Bud, but not, you know. Uh, he's an EMT and a horn dog. Uh, Pamela Susan Shute plays Karen Bailey, who's a, a nurse that's uh, likes to get a little bit freaky in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Ford Rainey plays Dr. Frederick Mixter, who's the chief of staff, likes to get a little drunk at the country club downtown. <sighs> Anna Alicia plays Janet Marshall, who's another nurse and student. There's a lot, a lot of uh, hospital staff getting killed in this movie because that's primarily where it's yeah. fucking set. Uh, Gloria Guilford plays Virginia Alves, who's the ethnic head nurse and kind of a bitch, you know. Uh, but she's she's just trying to do her job, so it's forgivable. Uh, and Tana, Tani Moyer plays Jill Franco, who's another nurse in the movie. And then John Zenda plays Terrence Gummel, who is the U.S. Marshal, who is terrible at checking pulses. I'll just leave Oh, my that. God. Um, I'm going to uh, say it right now. Most of these nurses, they were one-size-fits-all. Uh, yeah, the, you couldn't tell one being killed for the other. Yeah. Uh, synopsis. We pick up right where the original film ended. Laurie's friends are dead. Laurie herself has been transported to the local hospital to treat her wounds. And Loomis is running around town with the local police trying to track down Michael after he survived six shots. Six shots! <laughs> six <laughs> shots! And peaced out like a white trash dad being asked to pay for child support. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Michael goes around town killing and chilling while riding uh, Sam Hain or Sawin on shit and blood because it looks cool. All the while looking out for Laurie because Mikey don't let a job go undone. Turns out that Laurie is actually his sister. What the twist? <laughs> and somehow Michael has to kill every sister in his family. Uh, first responders get slayed. Hot tub hanky panky gets permanently delayed. And Dr. Loomis throws himself into a fire to save the day. There you go. Oh, my God. Uh, body count, 10 counted, 14 non-counted. Ooh, we've gone up, folks. We have. They, they, had, they had to compete with uh, Friday the 13th, which basically stole from the original 78 movie. Sean Cunningham even admitted it. So now it's, you know, each one's chasing each other at this point. Uh, Alice Martin is stabbed in the chest with a butcher knife. Ben Tramer is hit by a car and burned to death in the funniest fucking explosion i've ever seen in a movie it was wild uh, outside outside of prom night there yeah was a pretty funny one in that one uh mr garrett uh is has a hammer claw took to the head uh bud the chud gets strangled to death with a cord nurse karen bailey is drowned and then uh and uh peels to death in a in a hot tub that is hydrotherapy or something in the hospital hydrotherapy. and you know what hold on we gotta stop right here because never in the history have ever has a man turned on the water too hot for a woman to get in she was like "Ooh, it's so hot no that's not how this works 
We're going to speak about this. I mean, we're going to talk about this right now. The fact that Michael's hand can yes. go under the water and doesn't get burned, but yes. she does, ain't right. Somebody uh, yeah. wasn't paying fucking attention. And it was probably John Carpenter, even though he wasn't directing, he was producing. But he even says in the trivia, he did it for a paycheck and he fucked off. So, I mean, that, there you go. Yeah. So. And like, and it's Michael Myers. So people are really going <laughs> to absolutely let that slide because there's a lot of things that happened to Michael that shouldn't affect him. You all know? the fact he gets shot all the time yeah, and doesn't bleed. Six I mean, times. You know. <laughs> six times I shot Michael. I shot him six times. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll let that one slide, but I did notice that. But before it even happened, because he was he dunked her head in a few times before he brought it back up, and nothing had happened to her face quite yet. It took about the third time that we started seeing something. But before that even happened, I was like, oh, I bet you nothing's going to happen to his hands, but something's going to happen to her face. And that's what oh, happened. Yeah. And and it, it, for sure, that's how they did it. Uh, let's see. Dr. Mixter is uh, found with a syringe in his eyeball, which Ugh. is actually a pretty good effect yeah. scene. I'll give him that. Uh, Nurse Janet is stabbed in the temple with a syringe and then injected with air, which is actually a cool kill because most people don't realize that if you inject somebody with air, you can get an embolism from it and die. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's got some science behind it. Uh, Nurse Alves is found with blood draining from an IV. That's a cool kill just because he literally just let all of her blood drain out into the fucking floor. Yes. Uh, Nurse Jill is stabbed in the back with a scalpel and then lifted up off the ground, and then she dies kind of off screen. It's not really that great. Uh, And then U.S. Marshall has his throat slit with a scalpel and one of the most ridiculous deaths in the movie and probably in the series. So Really? Because who was the guy that found... um, Nurse Alves, 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 whatever, he found her and he slipped and fucking, he passed out. I thought he died, but we find him later. He, he gets knocked out and then he, he comes to and then he passes out again. That's Jimmy. That's the MT that was, or the ambulance driver who was attracted to Laurie. Uh, so did he survive? He survived officially because he only passed out at the end of the movie. Okay, okay. Al- although non-counted. Okay, we'll he's there. Let's, let's throw him in there. Uh, he dies from head trauma, but in the TV cut of the movie, which a lot of people say is superior, uh, he or in certain ways he does he he survives mm-hmm. overall. So that one's on the fence. You could say he died, but he doesn't really. They don't show it in the movie. Okay. Uh, Alan Gateway's son is unknown. It's mentioned in Halloween Four that you know he died during the events of this movie. Uh, Dr. Samuel Loomis and Michael Myers technically both die at the end of the movie, but we know that's bullshit because they come back in part four. They never die. And, <laughs> uh, although they've been burned, they've got scars. Yeah. Even though, uh, whatever. Uh, other taglines for the movie, more of the night he came home. Nope. Uh, he came back to finish what they'll never forget. That sounds dirty. <laughs> he would do anything for love, but Ooh. he won't do that. Uh, how do you kill what's not alive, which uh, doesn't make any sense because yeah. he is, yeah. uh, whatever. Did you enjoy Halloween? He did, but he's not satisfied. That is nasty. That They're being <laughs> naughty. <laughs> the nightmare isn't over. I like that, but that's kind of very Freddy Kriegerish. It is, uh, which is before Freddy. It was even a thing. Yeah. Uh, all new from the people who brought you Halloween more of the night he came home. Mm, that no. is both a bad one yeah. and too long getting read. Yeah, TLDR, and it's terrible. Uh, just when you thought it was safe to go trick-or-treating. Okay, that could work. 
Uh, speaking of that, how'd you like that scene uh, that's only hit, that's kind of half shown in the movie where the kid has eaten the razor blade uh, <gasps> and, and his mom's like dragging him into the hospital and blood's just gushing out of his mouth. I love that one too. I love that it's addressed again, addressed again later in the films. You, do you know why that was in that scene? Cause Carpenter was, uh, had fully planned on part three uh, and then on being, you know, like we said, uh, you know, different types of movies. And he was totally going to make a movie about candy being deadly, you know, to kids yeah. or whatever. Um, I didn't know that, but it makes sense. Uh, but again, like I said, the one thing I do know and that I love is that they, re- they addressed this again in, in, in another film. So, uh, let's see. They couldn't stop him. Now he's back. Exclamation mark. It works. <laughs> It's only a murderer, dot, dot, dot. It's an, uh, it's not only a murderer, dot, dot, dot. It's an indestructible terror. Mm, mark. The sensational follow-up to the worldwide phenomenon. Jesus. More terror, even more terrifying. No. Halloween, in all caps, the horror smash of the 70s. Halloween 2, all caps, the horror smash of the 80s, question mark? No, it wasn't. We'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Make me want to smash my head against something, which Michael Myers is amazing at doing. He is the he, king. He likes to go around smashing people's yes. heads and the stuff. Uh, smashing uh, pumpkins, more like smashing skulls. Uh, that might factor into a movie I might cover later. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. So we'll go. He does it so much that doesn't give away anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. Uh, quotes, uh, Doyle's neighbor. Is this a joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight, Sam Loomis. You don't know what death is. I love that quote. You don't know what death is. He's so fucking dramatic. He is the most dramatic Pooh Bear ever. I didn't put this in there, but that first movie where that kid goes to the Myers house and he's trying to spook him away, and he's like, get your ass away from there or whatever. Like, I love that scene. I love it. he smiles after he says it too. That's my favorite part. It's yeah. like he's proud of himself yeah. and then he's like he's like, I did something kind of naughty tonight. You know, it's it's kind of funny to watch. Uh Sam Loomis. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. But he's not human. Who Loomis? <laughs> Fucking who, Pooh. Okay. Jesus. And of course, he was my patient for fifteen years. He became an obsession with me until I realized there was nothing within him, neither unconscious nor reason that was even remotely human. An hour ago, I stood up and fired six shots into him again, the six. And he just got up and walked away. I'm talking about the real possibility that he's still out there. (laughs) Uh, Lee Brackett, you know, doctor, I'm just about there. Sam Loomis, what? Uh, Lee Brackett, the point where I stopped taking orders from you. Yeah, that was Lee. That was the Lee that I was like, there we go. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Sam Loomis, in order to appease the gods, the druid priest held fire rituals. Prisoners of war, criminals, the insane animals were burned alive in baskets. By observing the way they died, the druids believed they could see omens of the future. 2,000 years later, we've come no further. Sam Haim isn't evil spirits, and I'm saying it the way he did. Yeah. He, he, it's always bad in these movies. It isn't goblins, ghosts, or witches. It's the unconscious mind. We're all afraid of the dark inside ourselves. <laughs> you know, Samhain is like Arkansas. You should not. Why do we have to pronounce it like that? It's Sam Haim. I, I'm with Loomis on this one. I'm sorry. I 
I agree that it looks like Sam Hain. I said it for years that way, but when Trick or Treat told me the correct way to say it, now I say it the right way. Yeah, well, I have witches that will fucking come after me if I don't say it properly, but I'm here, witches, to say it's spelt like Sam Hain. Don't c- come at me. Listen, I'm a firm believer if the place says it that way, that's what you go with. It's like Louisville. Everybody says Louisville yes. or and it, no, or Louisville. No, it's Louisville. Say I it the way that we say it. told my husband this, and then I told my coworkers at work uh, because they listen, and they're like, where is he from? And, and I obviously don't say you're from there. But I was like, if you don't say it properly, it's like I have to say it right or he's going to show up and stab me in the back or something. It's like Versailles, Kentucky. Yes, in Paris, France, it's Versailles, but we say Versailles, and that's what we call it. It looks like Versailles to me, so, you know. (laughs) And those aren't even the weirdest ones we pronounce, so I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Movie review. Uh, Visually, I don't think this movie improves on the first one whatsoever. I really don't. There are two. The visual effects are cooler because they're more graphic. I'll give them that. The blood oozing out in the floor. Uh, ben Tramer's burnt body is a really cool effect in the movie whenever yeah. they're sitting there trying to, you know, do the autopsy. Um, the needle to the eye for Dr. Mixter is pretty cool. The fire yeah. at the end, cool scene. Iconic scene of him walking completely yeah. engulfed in flames. Yeah, um, that was, and then she, uh, not uh, she, uh, it was, a, no, was it her that was watch, watching him walk It by? was Laurie Stroll just kind of watching him walk toward her. Slunk down again because yeah. in this movie, uh, they give her a reason to be slunk down because she's doped up throughout the entire movie. That is true. However, I think it's, I can, no, there is an excuse. I, I, she's fuck, She's fucked up from the first film. Uh, she, she's got a reason, but I, I still, I, she had more, um, she she had more uh, just fight in her in the first movie. In this one, she's literally just running from Michael the entire time. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if she even she doesn't even really, the only thing she does take to fight back to him is when Loomis is directing her to open up those valves for the oxygen yeah. machine or whatever. That was cool because I liked how the noises were making them swing. In that direction, and he was getting real fucking close. And I'll tell you what, those motherfuckers did not know how to fucking be quiet. I will tell you that much. Speaking of that scene, when she shoots him, she does. I forgot. She does shoot him in the eyes. Yes. And that blood runs out of his mouth. That's a cool look. Yeah. That is a cool look. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to give the movie credit where it's at because it ain't in the store. I do not like the story in this one whatsoever. No, I just don't. it it wasn't <laughs> it. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's literally just. I mean, the one cool thing at the beginning is them showing that interstitial scene. The, the, this is my favorite part of the movie. The interstitial scene where right after Michael has escaped, you know, you know, when Loomis looks down and he's gone. Yeah. And now and then we go to Michael and he's going around. He goes to that one old per, uh, woman's house. She's making the sandwich for her husband. Oh, yeah. Sleep. And then Michael's like, that's that shot is actually my favorite shot probably in the series. She's standing there looking into the living room. They are filming it from the husband's point of view, and you and Michael is standing directly behind it. It's a creepy fucking shot. It's like yeah. long range. It's perfect, but the rest of the movie does not do anything as good as that. Well, what creeped me scene. out about it is the way she's just kind of standing there so still. She almost looks Michael Myers-ish, but also I was like, is she fucking dead and she's going to fall over any second? <laughs> I didn't know that until obviously, you know, what happened happened. But th- that's where he gets his butcher knife, of course, yes. because that's what she's been using to smother the the mayonnaise on the on the sandwiches. I thought there was uh, chicken on the. No, I thought I saw some raw chicken on the cutting board. 
No, because she was like cutting ham. Okay, uh, that she makes was making sense. Him a ham sandwich because she because. I don't know if this was a thing in the, in the early 80s. Instead of having, like, daily sliced ham, she had a big chunk of yeah. it. And she was oh, cutting yeah. it off for him. That was know? a thing, definitely, back in the day. We used to have a meat slicer or whatever. But maybe they just had sex and she's making him a sandwich, you know? <laughs> well, he, he decided to do what most men do and just go to sleep after yeah. sex, which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, these are two roles. They knew they knew what to do. They, they understood the assignment. But I like that scene where they're going through the town and they're showing what's happening that night. I, I like those scenes. Yeah. But the rest of the movie keeps coming back to that fucking boring ass hospital. And I do not like the hospital stuff at all. I tried. I, I was like, I've never liked it. So I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. I gave all these movies its chance. Yeah. And some of them improved. They really did. Um, but I gave it its chance. I'm like, this movie puts me to sleep. It's basically my melatonin mm-hmm. because it's all in this ho- this dreary hospital all the rooms look alike. All the nurses look alike. Yes. There's no difference. And the scenes where they're out and about in the town, perfectly fine. It's kind of cool to see the aftermath of the first movie. When he gets goes back to the hospital, I'm like, snooze alert. Yeah. I, even with the good kills in the hospital, it's boring as fuck because the scenery is the fucking same. The only thing know? I can give you in the hospital, um, I, can, I can only give you one thing, and maybe you'll agree with me, but maybe you won't, is that... I did appreciate the emptiness of the hospital for only one reason. That's not a thing that would happen nowadays. Maybe back then in that, you know, fake town, maybe that was a thing where, yeah, there wasn't a lot of people because there wasn't a lot of excitement in that town. They say it throughout the film series, a town where nothing exciting ever happens. I literally think that Michael Myers is the only thing exciting that's ever happened to that town, you know, but it was, can you imagine how terrifying it would be to walk out of the hospital and be screaming and there's no one there to help you? Yeah, it's, I will give them this. If like little town hospitals, there are a couple around here. They've actually, a lot of them have shut down because it's, you know, either you conglomerate and get with a bigger chain or you just go out. Yeah. Uh, they they are, you know, there's less people there because they're more of a triage center. Like yes. if you need something more severe or, or like a higher level surgery or whatever, they will transport you to another facility. Yeah. Basically they're, they're only there to treat like immediate, like let's get them stabilized. Let's get them, you know, back out to another place, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do like how dark it is and I like how, you know, just creepy, like how empty it is, but it also feels wrong too, because it's Halloween night and most uh, healthcare providers will tell you, Full moons and Halloween yeah. uh, are some of the busiest times of the year just because, I mean, people get stupid, you know, on those nights. Oh, yeah. And so I, I don't believe that it would be as dead in there as what they made it out Oh, Jesus be. Christ, Noah. <sighs> That's my husband. Uh, You're the shit out of me. Happy right. Halloween. Thanks. You going to be back at eight? Hopefully. I mean, hopefully. That's what we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> He's waving at me like an old man. <laughs> waving. Yeah. All right, babe. I'll see you later. Um, That's further but, proof that I had everyone for uh, all the screams that you get. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but your girl had eye surgery to stop my eyes from bleeding mm, 15, 16 years ago. And it took away my peripheral vision. So if you wonder how I get scared every time that happens, it's not an act. I literally cannot see on the side of myself. So, and they be sneaking you, up in the dark. I have curtains up and everything in here. 
Yeah, you kind of scared me for a second there. It actually yeah. did make me jump a little bit. Which is good. Uh, you know, it's Halloween. Everybody deserves a good scare, you know? But um, <laughs> Okay, anyways, back to the show. Uh, but getting back to the movie, visually, like I said, the kills are better, but I don't think it, it looks better as far as the cinematography. I really don't. No, but they had a cheat code. They had a bigger budget, and I'm not going to pretend that the explosions, even though terrible, were not exciting. When I uh, saw him get hit and then that ghetto-ass Kmart explosion happened, I was still like, yeah. I, I was just, I was laughing. I was like, this I know. is bad. I, this is bad. I'm um, sitting there eating candy and I'm like, <laughs> nice. The story, like I said, I, I really don't like the introduction of her being the sister. I really don't. I, I'm a, I agree with Carpenter. It didn't need to be added at all. Like, I mean, it's better if he just randomly chose her to be the one that he attacked. I disagree. I do like the fact that that's his sister. It works in yeah. Rob Zombie's version because they show the baby. That is true. Um, they don't. Yeah, they don't show the baby at all in the first film on this one. You don't know that she exists. Um, and then their plotline for how the house is acquired and how well it's not acquired. I think the the. The Myers, no, not the Myers family. It's the Strodes that own that house, isn't it? The Strode Realty is trying to sell it. Okay, he's trying to sell it, and then the Strodes adopted her. Fucking weird, but uh, I know Loomis kind of tried to make it a deal. Like, I don't understand why they adopted her. Then I found out they adopted her, and he was weirded out by that, but I don't don't know why. But anyways, I like it. realistically in all the timelines i was surprised in h2o when they said no or not h2o but in 18 when they were like oh no that was just a rumor somebody started and that was such a quick way to dismiss it it was just i don't know i i wasn't buying it i thought she was just kind of like trying to say that to kind of get it past it felt so generic when she said oh no 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 no, that's just something somebody said Uh, think about other shit don't think about that you know i went the opposite way because i don't like it i don't think david gordon green or uh um Danny McBride uh, care for it as a plot line. So whenever they threw it in there, it was just like them basically saying, fuck anybody who says that she's his sister because it no, it, she's not. Basically. That's clearly what they felt because <laughs> the way they poo-pooed it was, again, it was very quick. It was to the point. I get it. But, like, it was just like, really? You're going to take all of that before. But then again, she's also got, like, three kids that are unaccounted for. Uh, they might as well get away. It's Halloween. Anything goes with this film fan- franchise, you know? Well, it's I, I liken it to the multiverse that Marvel likes to throw out there. It's like different continuities based upon different parallel universes. So there so, you go. I, I mean, like the siblings. You don't. Okay, we're just going to have to disagree on that one. <laughs> I just don't. It doesn't. It makes him less evil somehow because like he he's got a reason to go after her now because she's related to him like it before it was a situation where it, she just was in the wrong place it's the like, evil that attracts him he he there can only be one it's like the highlander you know she has the ability well, to be just as evil as him well, that's funny because you, you literally are discussing you know <laughs> either uh rob zombie's movie which technically goes into that or you're buying into the thorn like druidic thing because like the family is destined to be like you know carry the evil and blah 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 it's not my fault winnie the loomis said it so 
Not in this movie. He didn't. Not in this one. Um, no. Uh, acting wise, uh, Laurie's fine again. Jamie Lee Curtis, Doctor Loomis is fine, even though he's a little bit more over the top in this one. Uh, he's not my favorite Loomis. If you're going for over the top Loomis, but he's, <laughs> he's 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 along that continuity, I guess. You know what Laurie Strode sold to me in this film, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not. Um, she sold to me that um, adrenaline is a hell of a fucking drug. Yeah, she also, I mean, she sold, like, legit uh, how, I mean, just out, just, like, after the nerves have wore off, Mm -hmm. like, how just tired and just ragged somebody feels. Like, once that adrenaline spike goes away and you've had a moment, like, I mean, just how drained you are. Like, they do a good job of making her that way in the movie. Yeah, because I'm thinking in this film, not only is she fucked up, but she's also drugged. The drugging will take the edge off. It doesn't make you not completely feel the pain i don't know that there's any pain blocker that will completely other than when you're having an epidural but then again you can't move with an epidural you know the only thing that stops the pain and intense pain is from deduce induce a medical coma because you have to shut the brain down to stop the pain so she's fucked up on drugs she's in pain still and she's got to run for her fucking life the only thing that would have gotten her through that would be in my opinion would be adrenaline or crack. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, I, I can't say that the acting for the Dick Warlock who played, uh, and it's not his fault because I've got in the trivia, Deborah Hill told him to be very slow in this movie, and he was disappointed whenever he saw how, how it came out, and then she bitched about it. And then he was like, what the fuck? You were the one. T- when I asked you if I was going too slow, you said it looked fine. But she threw him under the bus after, and she's like, I don't know why he was so slow. That's just, that's bad acting, you know. <sighs> Even though he asked her, yeah. do I need to speed up, you know. You're the one giving me directions. Like, no, nah, no, nah, you're good. It's all good. Uh, but he is too fucking slow. That scene in, where he tries to go after, Laura, uh, I believe it's Laurie in the elevator, and he walks forever slow. When he finally gets up there, like oh, he yeah? barely reaches his hand in. So fucking lame. Everybody (laughs) knows if you're wanting an elevator to go somewhere and some fuckhead comes up and even gets in. I mean, I I know this is the 80s. I know this is the 80s and they might, the sensors might be different now. But even with that, if they get the least little bit, if somebody puts the least little bit of pressure on that fucking door, it's going back the other way. I don't care. I mean, Um, so, you know what though, but do you need, to, do you, does, does Michael Myers really need to be fast when he can teleport? He doesn't need to be fast, but he needs to be threatening and yeah. him walking that slow is not threatening. It's not. Yeah. But okay. Think about it this way. Zombies. Now I know there's faster ones in today's times, but even the slower ones back in the day were fucking effective. The motherfuckers just well, be showing up out of nowhere. They'd be teleporting too. Well, the thing about zombies is that there's a bunch of them so that's and true that they ne- and they never stop which i mean i guess you could argue about michael but at the same time he's one man and i mean his and he there's not multiple versions of him that are coming after you it's the threat of so many coming at you at, and that overwhelming horde um <clears throat> him moving slow does not add to anything it works in the first movie because he's <clears throat> mostly in the background yeah and he's mostly and you know that he's waiting to strike he's like a you know like some kind of you know 
predatory cat or something that's just biding its time waiting for you to get in the right position so he can strike out. You know, this in not- this movie. This movie, he's like literally behind you, but he still can't reach you, like for like long lengths of the movie, you know. You know, for this fool being a mouth breather, he sure is fucking quiet when he needs to be. These bitches <laughs> could learn from him because they be hiding and they're like, <gasps> that, that's another thing. That's another thing I don't like in this movie. They they give him away quite a bit in this movie by going, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> like they're uh, it it. It works better in the first movie where, I mean, like I go back to that scene, but Laurie's standing there and he appears right behind her. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, you might hear his breath after you see his face, yeah. but you see the face first. Oh, I yeah. mean, and this one, they, they have his breathing and then like, you're like, oh fuck, he's somewhere around. He's like, a mouth breathing motherfucker. Um, music's still great. Cause it's that yeah. classic you know, Carpenter score. Like, I mean, you can't get any better. Although there are certain ones that I noticed that like cues in this movie that I didn't like as well as in the first movie. There's like one scene where like, there's a, there's a chord that Carpenter hits and it sounds kind of funky. Even in the first movie, it's like a, but like it, the way it applies in some scene in this movie, I just remember it. I can't pinpoint it, but it's somewhere in the hospital big whoop because i mean they're all the same in the hospital but the way that he plays it 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 almost has a comedic effect it's oh, not yeah. it doesn't quite fit that scene because michael's like walking towards something it's like and it's just like it almost sounds like a fart, like <laughs> electronic fart or something. i know what you're talking about it's a, definitely a synthesizer sound and it's one thing if they're holding it and pressing it and adding other keys to it but in this case yeah no this was just like a blaring yeah, and it, it I don't know. It it the rest of it's fine. It plays out like the first movie for the most part music wise. Yeah. So, um I'm just gonna throw it out there. My I, I I still don't like this movie. Like it's fine. Like I mean it's 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 not the worst slasher we've seen by any means. I whenever I was describing it to Cody and I was just kinda talking to him about it, this is as mid as mid can get as far <laughs> as the slasher goes. It it's just it's right there, it exists okay i mean you know but like i i if i want over the top loomis it's not i i don't this is not the movie that has over the top loomis this is like he's getting there loomis so it's not even got that going for it yeah. you know and uh laurie's kind of wasted in this movie uh i mean they give her a reason but she's still wasted yeah and literally wasted like <laughs> she's oh i'm out of it you know uh, and then, the, like we said, like I said, that setting, like it's so dull after a certain point. I just get sick of seeing that hospital. Yeah, like, it, it is very dull. It's very boring. It, um, it's very depressing, but not in a good way that it, it like that enhances the film in any way. And I say this because I know that OG or like older fans of this franchise love this fucking movie. They always say, oh man, part two, part two, that scene where he's on fire. That's fucking amazing, man. And that scene is cool. I'll give them that. But it's in a movie that's not that great. It's just okay. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, and we, we've covered this before on this show. I mean, on this podcast, it's like you can have good scenes in a show, but, like, the, if the overall movie is just kind of meh, like, I mean, it still doesn't make it a great movie by for having those individual scenes in it you know yeah i think for me the most disappointing thing of this film is if i didn't care for laurie strode too much in the first film i especially did not appreciate her in this film 
No, that's what I was telling. Yeah. That's what I was meaning earlier. Oh no, like, I know. If, if, yeah, if you if you didn't think she did much in the first one, she does nothing in this one at all. Yeah, and so I really started questioning life after this film, and it's like, where are we going? Like, I know I haven't rewatched three yet. I did not include that with this. I don't know if you did or didn't, because I'm like, I I did not because it's its own thing, yeah. and three is just. Three goes places. Three throws it to the wall and says, mm-hmm. let's see what fucking sticks with this yeah. thing. It, 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 it's out there. And a lot know? of people, even uh, directors that come in in the future are like, look, at three is so underrated. And I remember loving it. I'm going to keep that love in my heart right now. And I, we will rewatch it and we will address it when we need to. Even my husband loves it. Coworkers that I've been talking to are like, oh, yeah, I loved Season of the Witch. Uh, the best thing that David D- Gordon Green and Danny McBride did in Halloween Kills, even if you didn't like, you know, Evil Dies Tonight, mm-hmm. they fucking brought the mask they back. They brought the mask back. Part three. Yes, they I did. I love that. I am so glad that they did that. Uh, that just shows a love and respect for the franchise that you got to have. I don't care if it's not a Michael Myers movie, and I know we are reviewing Michael Myers as a slasher right now, and I res- I'm giving him the love and respect that he deserves. However... That film is a Halloween film, and it should not be excluded from the watch list. It it, it shouldn't be. Uh, also, the what uh, hurts this movie otherwise, and I thought about this, the best scenes in this movie, as I've said for me, is that uh, seeing the town, you know, while he's going on the rampage afterward. Yeah. Halloween 2018 does that better. It does. Yeah, like that's, they do. Uh, the, the scene where he is going, where he's going from house to house, they're like in you know in the middle section of the movie is it takes all the best parts from this and they re reconfigure like i said there they, there's a lot of scenes in that 2018 film that go back to you know the previous two but they take some scenes where especially like the interactions with the neighbors yeah you know or you know and and do them better because there there's i mean just the way it's filmed the way that the chaos in the streets is, it just, it's better, it's better done in 2018. I, I know that's, I mean, you know, I, and I'm, I'm trying not to, ju- you know, take another movie and judge this one against it. But when that other movie exists now, you can't, I mean, I know plenty of people that's like, I don't really care for that David Gordon Green fucker and his movies, but goddamn part two's like the best thing ever. He took the some of the best parts from part two and yeah. threw it in 2018. Yes. So I, don't bitch mm. about 2018 because it's actually improving upon some of this stuff. I feel like one way or another we're going to be disappointed if we have a really good part one and part two of a horror franchise and then it's remade later on and the remake sucks. We're going to be like, fuck, why did you even touch that? Don't you dare. <laughs> you, you suck. I hate you. Whatever. But if we have a good part one and two but we have an even better remake then it's like fuck you know the classic sucks and i don't know which one hurts worse i feel like the it sucks to have the classic you know not be the best i don't i don't know if that's ever a possibility though because if the first if the first movie was good and they do a remake that's better that doesn't take away from the first movie like i mean yeah, I mean, it, it's just that they took what worked or maybe went a different direction with it. Like John Carpenter's The Thing. I mean, the th- there's a lot of people that like the, and I don't know if Carpenter did, and that's the reason he took on the job, but a lot of people like The Thing from Outer Space. They said it was a good yeah. classic movie. But then Carpenter came in, went a different route. He basically went back to the book that the movie was based on and took like a different inspiration 
and made a movie that fucking people just amazed by. So yeah. I mean, it's just like <clears throat> you and 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 there's a lot of people that like like older folks that still love that original movie. So it didn't take away from that movie their enjoyment of it. It just gave another alternative, and that's what good remakes can do. Yeah. And so I don't. I can rephrase my statement a little bit differently though, because you can also have a franchise that has a one and two that kicks off a franchise. It's not necessarily good, but it for some reason it stuck and it kicked uh, off a franchise. Friday 13th part one. There you go. And then it can be remade. And that is when, in my opinion, it kind of sucks. And there's a lot of older horror fans that, that, that have went back to part one on, and, and I don't, it's their opinion. They can have it, but they, they try to throw out their Friday the 13th as some kind of masterpiece. I don't know what they're saying in it because the original yeah. Friday the 13th is just okay. It, it's just it, okay. It just is. I think that because the problem is that most of the people that are seeing Friday the 13th, they know Jason Voorhees. So when they watch it for the first time, they're like, <gasps> Mrs. Voorhees? It's like a what a twist to them. You know, it's like, oh, my God. And that was a pretty cool twist back in the day. But the hockey mask didn't even exist. Like, there's not a lot. I don't know. It's good. I'm glad that it exists to give us what it gave us. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. And yeah. like I said, I don't hate this. This is just like, mm-hmm. but it's it's not it's it's not as good as everybody as like some of these older fans like make it out to be. At least yeah. not in my opinion. It uh, just isn't. They're just trying to be one of those. Well, I thought it was cool before everyone else thought it was cool. You know. Yeah, that, that's a lot of it too. It's just like, well, you didn't appreciate the fact that uh, Michael uh, was his was uh, Laurie's brother uh, because you didn't realize that it was revealed like three fourths of the way through part two. It's like, uh, yeah, I saw it, and I think it's a bad reveal, but whatever. You know, it's it's okay. <laughs> it, it just I, I don't this this film is I, it's not one that I would like go out of my way to watch I'll you know what I just thought of something the reveal in part two that Laurie Strode is his sister is to me just as bad as the reveal that Laurie Strode is not his sister in 18 <laughs> they, they were just as bad they were just very oh and by the way you're his sister <laughs> Well, the problem is that they had, I don't even think they wanted to acknowledge it in 2018, but they had to throw it in there because the old, the old fans that loves part two would bitch. uh, uh, I mean, cause they're, cause they had another film. They, they had H2O that cemented the fact that she was the sister, Yes, you know? So the, you know, the older fans were like, what the fuck? Is she not the sister anymore? So they had to throw something in there to appease them, you know? Oh, Which down. I don't think it did because there's a lot of those older fans just like fuck David Gordon Green in his fucking 2018 movie. Oh my god, uh, whatever. Um, it, it's it's okay, folks. It's 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 yes. a it's. I think part one is still better, and that says a lot. I mean, the fact that it was uh, not even a fraction of the budget that they used for this, and it still somehow looks better to me. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Trivia for this movie. This film was bookended by the song Mr. Sandman, sung by the Cordettes. The tune could would also be used in the later Halloween movie, H2O, 20 years later. Uh, to get the role of Michael Myers, Dick Warlock revealed that as he passed by room, the Michael Myers mask was on a table. He put the mask on and walked into Rick Rosenthal's office and just stood there. <laughs> After Rosenthal continuously asked him who he was and he didn't reply, he took off the mask and asked if he could play Michael Myers at that point. I, I mean, love that's it. one... Uh, if you can't live two doors down and be friends with John Carpenter and get the role, 
just go in there and put the mask on and just stand there. I mean, that's another way to get the role. I mean, if you want to be in a film of a screen queen, just walk in and show your tits. <laughs> uh, this film is set immediately after the first Halloween in 78. Since Jamie Lee Curtis had begun to wear a much shorter hairstyle in the 80s, she had to wear a wig that matched her original hairstyle for the film. And that, that wig doesn't look that great, I don't think. It's okay, no. but... It, uh, this is the only Halloween film to show the morning after the 31st. Every other Halloween movie ends on Halloween night. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I was kind of looking for that in other films where it's like, okay, where's the next day, you know? Yeah, I think Kills maybe takes place later that same night, and then when you get to ends, it skips ahead. Like, it's not It's like not yeah. even the same year. It's like years down the road or something. Uh, this the sequel, though not as successful as the box at the at the box office of the original film, still grossed more money than other 1980 horror movies such as The Howling, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, and The Final Conflict. The fact that this movie came out with Friday the Thirteenth Part Two came out, which I think is a much better film, mm-hmm. says a lot about this one. I mean, people can be fans of it, but they got to admit the game had been upped yes. at that point. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's funny because a uh, shout out to my girl Sarai at work, but she said that um, our review of part two, Friday the 13th part two, gave her like this newfound, like, I didn't realize how good this film was. And it's like, I didn't realize it until we went back and watched yeah. it because I, I didn't grow up on it, honestly. I grew up on six and then I went back and like picked up four and then like I piddled my way through the rest yeah. of them. Well, same. I mean, look, look at me watching some of these for the first time ever. <laughs> And then, of course, Seven, which had the biggest drop for me, was one that I remember watching the shit out of, too, whenever I was a kid. And, like, it, it to me, it just didn't stand up as well. But yeah. that sometimes that happens. Uh, Dick Warlock made sure that everyone was safe when they filmed the death scenes. For example, during Leo Rossi's death scene where he was strangled from behind, he told the... Uh, he told La Rossi, Leo Rossi to uh, arch his back and his arms further as he gave four tugs, telling him to go limp at the fourth tug and he would cushion the fall. Aww. That's pretty nice of him. He's a gentle killer. <clears throat> you know what? We could use people like that on the set of movies. <clears throat> Is there an actor that likes to shoot off guns? <laughs> uh, you mean director that shoots off guns? Oh, that's no longer with us? My bad. Yes. R.I.P. William Friedkin, you were an asshole, but, I mean, hopefully you went to the good place. Um, I don't know how you did, but, I mean, that's not me to judge, so whatever. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill originally had no interest in making a sequel as they believed the original Halloween was a standalone movie. Carpenter also felt at the time that the studio hadn't paid him a fair amount of money for writing and directing the original movie. Although we just said he accepted it, yeah, and it was a pretty good sum, so that's on him. But considering that it had been so profitable, you know, uh, he wanted more money. Uh, when the studio offered him more money to write the script for the sequel, Carpenter accepted the job as well as producer's credit, so that he earned back what he believed was was what he was owed from the first movie. Uh, and he immediately received a significant back end salary for seventy eight years later as well. However, due to lack of ideas, the script not forming out as well as he thought, and he was personally uh, stated that the only thing helping him through the screenplay process was a six-pack of Budweiser okay. every day. Uh, that led him to uh, what he believes an inferior script and bad choices in the movie's story. He later called Halloween 2 an abomination, a horrible movie. Wow. 
I gotta agree with John Carpenter on yeah. this. Like he's got some bad takes now, and I think it's the weed. I really do. <laughs> it's the weed and the Call of Duty. He's got some bad takes, but the man knew what he was talking about whenever he was bitching about this movie. He yeah. really did. Um, and he has also said, but he, I gotta give him credit for this. Uh, he, when people like bitch about movies that like have his name attached to them now, and uh, he tells them he's like, well, I got paid for it, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, he got his paper. That's all he cares about. And you know what? It's still a cult classic. How many of us can say we've accomplished that? Hardly any of us. Uh, He came out and said that Halloween Kills was, uh, he thinks, a pretty damn good movie from David Gordon Green. It's caught a lot of flack from people uh, because a lot of people don't like Kills. I don't hate the movie. I really don't. I, I but I think the Evil Dies Tonight was pretty fucking stupid, and it. it said to me, "Yeah, I'm." Y- quit making us promises. Y- y'all be lying with these taglines. And the body and the blood and that new uh, Exorcist movie, The Believer, <laughs> that same kind of bullshit. Yeah. But, uh, Halloween Two was originally written to take place in a high-rise apartment building. Later in script meetings, however, the setting was changed to the hospital. Yeah, I don't think uh, Evil Dead Rise, yeah. a.k.a. Michael Myers Rise, would uh Michael Myers Rise. I do love Evil Dead Rise and the location that they set. That movie couldn't have been... I love how it was just one fucking floor. Like, you think that it's the whole-ass building. No, it's one floor. And, I like how they did it. I really yeah. did. Yeah. And for, the, for this particular... I don't know. I think that the deaths that they chose in the location, I think it works, even though you and I both agree that the hospital was bleh. They could have done something more. They could have spiced it up a little bit. They could have made not the nurses look like all the girls from a fucking, I don't know, those 80s music videos back in the day where all the girls were dressed as band members behind the fucking singer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, like... uh... Uh, addicted to love. Yeah, like that, addicted uh, to blood. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Have Michael Myers on a guitar. Yeah. And he's playing that song, and then the nurses are behind him, and they're all, they've got the IVs yeah. with the blood draining out of them as they're dancing or whatever. Yeah. Something. Good. Yeah. I mean, we could do that now and probably have a decent TikTok hit, you know, but. No, the, that's, actually, the, that's actually not a bad idea, but anyway. I know. I digress. No, but seriously, like the nurses, it was like, who died? Wait, didn't she die already? Like, what the fuck, you know? The only ones that were noticeable were the ones that kind of covered up, you know? Yeah, and then Alves, because, like, obviously she's the only one who is not just a blonde white chick. Yes, correct. <laughs> Uh, I, I I know there were some brunettes in the movie, folks, but still. Believe they, it or they, not, <laughs> if you yeah, look real closely. <laughs> uh, the scenes at the hospital with the mother and her son dressed as a pirate with a bleeding mouth as a result of an injury from biting a razor blade was originally supposed to be the first look at Carpenter Hill's anthology idea for the series after this film. Uh, I like that inclusion because I do see him setting up the anthology, but it didn't peter out, so it didn't really yeah. matter. You know, it didn't matter. Uh, the first of four films in the series to begin with the ending of the previous film. Uh, Halloween 5 uh, picked up where Halloween 4 left off. Halloween 2 from 2009 picks up where the series reboot 2007 ended. And Halloween Kills uh, continues directly from Halloween 2018 and even briefly from Halloween 20, or 1978. So. Okay, pardon me for a moment as I read that out loud so I can absorb what information you're sharing with me. The first four films in the series to begin with the ending of the previous films, Halloween. It's like, 
it's basically like previously on oh. Halloween, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Get, get us Jensen Ackles here. Okay. Sammy! So four <laughs> led into right into five. Uh, hold or, on. Yeah. Four led into five. Uh, Halloween 2007 led into Halloween uh, 2009. Okay. And then Halloween 2018 led directly into Halloween Kills. Well, didn't technically one lead right into right into two, but we've already discussed that, so I guess that's why not. That's why not. That's why it's the first of the four uh, films to do that. So. Okay. Look at me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> to achieve the bloody tears scene, according to Dick Warlock, and the mask's forehead was a bulb of fake blood, and when Dick Warlock uh, stumbled back and put his hand on the mask, it's when the blood was released. I love it. It's it's a cool look. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Hill, years later, knocked Dick Warlock's portrayal of Michael Myers, claiming he didn't move as well as Nick Castle or have his body language. <sighs> Dick defended himself, saying he followed her instructions all the time while she was on the set, and she never showed any dis- dissatisfaction with his work. At the time of filming. Hey, Deborah, quit being a dick. <laughs> the fuck, dude? He did fine. Leave him alone. I know he was slower. Like, I get it, but that's your fucking fault. That is her fault, literally. Uh, John Carpenter produced, supervised, and co-scripted and even directed uncredited a few additional scenes for this mo- this film. Carpenter's music from the first film was also used, and he was involved in the film's post-production. So he actually did quite a bit on the movie, Damn. even if he, you know... No, his Based. name deserves to be on the top of these. John Carpenter's, yeah, you got it, babe. Until Halloween 2018, this was the only two, uh, one of the only two Halloween films released by Universal Studios. After the massive success for the first film, Universal picked up this one, and then they picked up Season of the Witch, which didn't fare so well. Universal gave the rights uh, to Trankus International, an affiliate of Universal's, who produced the films until 89. In 1986, the rights were sold to Miramax who, again, has them now uh, to go forward. So it seems like Universal and Miramax are just kind of like playing, you know, hot potato with this this franchise. Yeah, and Miramax is under Paramount, I believe, is what I looked up, um, which means that they could either be on Paramount Plus or they could be on Peacock if these, uh, if these shows come up. Uh, and which- that, that also means that, Mir- that Michael Myers could appear in a Scream film. I mean, really, he oh, yeah. could because they own the rights to both. Legitimately. Um, also, that being said, it's funny. So Universal still has some rights because clearly we have a lot of Halloween at HHN. Yeah, well, they can always go back to two. They can always use yeah. the new films. Oh, yeah, they got um, uh, fucking Loomis in, all the time in the, in the houses I go through. Yeah, so, I mean, well, and they can <clears> also <throat> always get the rights to that stuff because they, they – you know, license out to other people, Warner Brothers in particular, um, which that's a whole other thing, but there's rumors that Warner Brothers might be up for sale before too much longer, at least parts of Warner Brothers, and I hope to God Universal tries their best to get that because I don't want the Rat House to get them, so. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, Uh, In front of my house right now, I'm watching on the camera, but obviously we have that house down the street, this guy, I have to send you pictures, this guy has a ton of fucking skeletons he's got a couple of the 12 foot skeletons he's got a whole area in the backyard you can walk through he's got a whole horror theme going on that he does for his wife um if you're listening honey you know what i want anyways uh so it's attracting a lot of people this year and now we've got like people driving down our street and like literally just parking in front of my house right now well driveway specifically um are they parking like old station wagons that are from uh smith's grove's uh sanitarium Thankfully not. 
we would not be recording at the moment. <laughs> uh, Tommy Lee Wallace was originally offered the opportunity to direct this film, having worked as the editor and production designer of the original. Uh, but like I mentioned previously, he had his own thoughts about where the sequel should go, uh, picking up years later. Uh, uh, Wallace maintained his interest and was uh, still set to direct, uh, uh, even w- appearing as a director in 1980 trade ad released by Film Waste Pictures. Uh, but when Carpenter finished the script and presented it to Wallace, he was extremely disappointed to discover the intention to make the film as bloody and violent as the original's imitators, uh, which had used such conventions to ensure their success. Basically, uh, he withdrew because he felt like that they should have kept it bloodless, kind of like the, <laughs> or as bloodless as possible as the first movie. No. Um, it would have worked if they would have done something different besides the hospital. But yeah. If, but if you have that boring-ass set yes uh you gotta have something else to pull the attention yeah and like and that I, I will agree with you uh, profusely that you gotta have explosions and all that to pump yes. up the, the fact that you've got the the shitty set that you're working with. you got the budget you gotta spice it up a little bit and they they tried we'll we'll, we'll just throw it there they they tried an attempt was made they did good on a lot of things but i'm glad it wasn't can you imagine how more boring this movie would be if it was bloodless yeah, it'd be especially. I mean, that's one of the best things about that scene with uh, Nurse Alv- uh, Alves or whatever is just like that blood dripping out of her arm. I yeah, mean, it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Pamela Susan Shoup told Femme Fatale's magazine in, tw- in two thousand one that she didn't want to do the film because uh, she hated horror movies and it required nudity, which she'd never done before. But her manager pushed her into it, saying it was a high profile production. She reluctantly agreed. She spent two days shooting her nude scene in the jacuzzi and hated every minute of it. She was crying on the second day, heading to the studio and almost didn't go. Producers had promised her a closed set, but she counted 19 people, mostly men, standing around watching her get naked every day. Uh-uh. And, and then the director started pressuring her into shooting it fully nude, which wasn't in the contract. She said she almost agreed, but producer Deborah Hill finally stepped in and told her she didn't have to do it. Jesus uh, Christ. Also, I read that that jacuzzi tub was, was freaking cold. Ooh, like, hell no. Yeah, so they that's a whole thing. I mean, yeah, no wonder she jumped in and was like, ooh, it's hot. No, it was, it was cold. Uh, this is one of the only slasher films in 1981 to remain uncut, like uh, others that have been heavily cut by the MPAA, such as Friday Part 2 and My Bloody Valentine uh, in 1981. So they somehow got the MPAA not to cut out all the, the blood and other stuff. I don't know yeah. how. but Yeah. Uh, the entirety of the opening first three minutes of the film is simply archive footage from the previous film. The director used theatrical differences to enhance his version of the ending. Okay. Uh, at around one hour, 17 minutes, Jamie Lee Curtis did her own stunt when she falls out of the chair uh, into the parking lot asphalt. That's cool. Uh, at the end, Hunt asks what the court, what's the court, and uh, is told 10 so far, or what's the count, and is told 10 so far. Uh, but altogether, there are 13 victims between the first and second movies. There's the mechanic in the first movie where Loomis finds a truck with a hospital gown and where Michael got his coveralls. And also poor Alice, the first victim in Halloween 2, who either hasn't been found yet or is actually, in actuality, her death was filmed by John Carpenter post-production to get one more kill to make it scarier. If counting the novels uh, based on the two movies, there are two additional victims. One is a guard who was killed at Smith's Grove the night that Michael escapes. And also a female news producer is killed when she discovers Michael is stowed away in her trunk uh, while trying to fix a flat tire, which is how Michael drove himself to the area where the hospital is. That's not including poor Lester, the German shepherd, and the Mm -hmm. dog he ate at the house. Poor Lester. Um, So 
them not having the right code, but they also say so far, so they kind of hedged their bet in that scene. So I give them that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of crazy, though, if they still haven't found that mechanic. Like, that's, <laughs> that's I mean, I, it's only like a day removed, but still, like, yeah. I mean, that, that sucks for him. Where did he go? And damn, how did they hide that big-ass body? And I'm just kidding. Uh, in a rough draft of the script, Michael Myers was supposed to hide in the trunk of the blonde reporter's car. Uh, like I said, the car was to get a flat tire. She'd go to her trunk, and Michael would jump out and kill her. However, the scene was cut due to it not really having much of a purpose in the overall plot of the film. Could you imagine him slowly getting out of that trunk with the fucking direction of fucking what's-her-name? Yeah, and then all of a sudden you just hear that, Diddly! you know, yeah. a, little, a little sound. It's uh, like she first- would have had so much time to run. Uh, the first of two Halloween movies directed by Rick Rosenthal, who would later go on to helm Halloween Resurrection in 2002, the eighth and final film in the original series. Rick, you ain't batting too high in my opinion here, buddy. I mean, you get this one, which is okay, and then you get the worst fucking thing that's pretty much Ooh. been put in a major series. Yeah. Uh, Dick Warlock was 41 playing a 21-year-old Michael Myers. I mean, it's not hard. You got a fucking mask on. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, John Carpenter spent time growing from Bowling Green. Uh, there are several references, like I said, Russellville, Smith's Grove. Uh, Bowling Green is in Warren County where Haddonfield set. And uh, Elrod Chestnut, 31 West Bypass, and Scottsville are all names of local streets in Bowling Green. Additionally, someone in the film makes a reference to the Lost River Drive-In, which is a real drive-in theater in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Wow. So there you go. We do have a Bowling Green out in Sacramento, which is near where I live. And it is like, it's like a diamond in the rough. So it's like surrounded by ghetto neighborhoods, but it has never turned into a ghetto area. Like it has maintained itself. Uh, it's hidden. It's, it's, it's weird. And it just matches its name because just the lawns are just always perfectly green. I don't know. I, it's hard to explain. So every time I hear Bowling Green, I'm thinking of that area, which is, it's gorgeous. I wouldn't want to live there but because of where it's surrounded, but. it's it, The one here in Kentucky is pretty nice, too, but it's it's one of those towns that's, like, uh, very, uh, it, it's it's sprawling, I guess is yeah. what I'm looking for. Like, it's not, I mean, like, you. it's like, how long, I mean, am I still in Bowling Green? Yes, you're in Bowling Green because it's like, you know, the, the, there's like different sections of the interstate that like, you know, connect it and it just goes on and on Damn. and on with a lot, of, a lot of suburbs and stuff like that. And it's not like concentrated like some of the bigger cities are. Uh, and it's only like an hour north of Nashville. So they've got like this whole competition between each other oh, shit. Uh, for like music. Uh, Cage the Elephants, like the, one of the bands that came from Bowling Green, you know, wow. so. Um, at around 24 minutes, although uncredited actress Anne Marie Martin plays Karen's uh, friend Darcy Esmont, who needed a ride home after the Halloween party they attended, she was billed under her real name, Eddie Benton, as a rival opposite Jamie Lee Curtis in the Canadian horror film Prom Night the year before. Oh, so, wow. a little Prom Night interaction going on. Ooh. Um, I think it's funny, too, because I just watched Halloween after watching uh, this one, the original Halloween. And uh, whenever Annie is telling, uh, is, is talking about Ben Tramer, uh, she mentions the fact that he's going to a party to get drunk. And that's exactly where he's coming from. And this movie yeah. did a good job with that because that's why he dopely walks out in front of the middle, in the middle of the street because he's just blasted out of his mind. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Dick Warlock sold the mask, knife, scalpel, boots, and jumpsuit to a haunted house owner in Ohio in 2003. Warlock claims that because producers expected this film to be the last film in the series, they let him keep the costume. However, after they did that, how uh, they made Halloween 4, they realized they made a mistake and never again let a cast and crew take props from the set. Um, therefore, subsequent sequels use different masks that look rather different. Um, and shitty, by the way. Yes. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Uh, the mask Warlock wore is actually the same exact mask, a repainted, modified Captain Kirk mask that's worn in the original film. It looks different in the sequel because the paint had faded for had faded for a few different reasons. First, Nick Castle liked to keep it in his back pocket between shoes, so the paint was rubbing off from that. Yeah, Deborah Hill kept the mask uh, in uh, on her bed for several years, and she was basically a chain smoker, so it got yellowish oh tint from all the smoke that she you know damaged it with uh the mask appears wider because dick warlock is shorter and stockier at five foot nine than nick castle who's five ten so the mask fits his head differently so it's kind of stretched out a little oh bit. my god um this is a little bit of trivia because i don't know where what movie you're going to pick but in halloween four the reason the mask the mask is the they didn't have the the first mask to use but they made replicas that were exactly uh, based upon the spef- specifications from the first two films. Uh-huh. The problem is, is that whenever they got them back from the people who made them, they had made them hot pink on the face and they had made the hair blonde. White. So they had to go through and spray paint them white at, on the face, which covered up a lot of the like contours of the yeah. mask, which made it look goofy as fuck in the part four. Those were horrible. And then they had to spray paint the hair brown, but they fucked up and forgot to spray paint the hair brown in one of the masks. So if you're watching part four, there is a scene where Loomis gets attacked in the school by a blonde-haired Michael Myers for, like, one scene, and then it goes back to being brown for the rest of the film. It's oh. kind of hilarious when he pops up. Yeah. Okay. First of all, those masks were horrible. Is what I want to say. But second... The one in part five looks like Nick Cage. It straight up looks yeah. like Nick Cage. That's the one actually I have behind me right now. Oh, on yeah. The, on the camera. <laughs> Which, okay, but homie, okay, how... Clearly it was hard to redo the mask and everything. Like, he sold the mask, the scalpel, the boots, and the jumpsuit. Oh, my God. How are we ever going to recover those? It was the mask that they had to worry about. But everything else, I think they were fine. Oh, the, the jumps, the fucking mechanic suit looks fine in all the rest of the movies. Yeah. That's not the issue. Good God, the mask. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of the mask right now, and they are... Um, the the ones in the 2018, David or- Gordon Green, I, I especially the burnt one from Kills on. Yeah. I love that look of the mask. It's it's really good. Um, I don't mind the one that's in the Rob Zombie remakes because uh, in that one, they establish a different continuity where it's actually Judith Myers' boyfriend who brings the Michael Myers mask to have sex with Judith. And that's when Michael and Michael takes the mask after he kills him. Yeah. And it's it's older by the time he actually uses an adult. So it's got that aged look to it. Yeah. And And in part two, where people have like grabbed at the mask and kind of tore it and it's peeling. Like you can see more of his face in that movie, which is fine because even though I do appreciate the Alice look and the original, uh, zombie was going for a different thing with a more, you know, human Michael in his movie. So it works out. Yeah. Uh, but the first two movies are the only ones in the original continuity that have good masks. The one in H2O 
is stupid as fuck. Like, he's got spiky hair in that fucking movie. Yeah. They had to make him more with the times. Yeah, he looks like he's from the 1998, which is dumb. Oh, my God. It's so true. And, it, and it's not aged at all. It's like, this is 20 years later. That mask, that latex is not doing anything different. Like, really? Um. So, question. Can we at least agree that his hair in H2O was a lot better than Josh Hartnett's haircut? Oh, it was for sure, yes. Uh, it was not a bad haircut. Uh, it was just looked stupid on Michael is all I'm going to say. Yeah, and the eyes through the mask look fucking so dumb. They they do. Like, he, he really doesn't look good with his eyes showing. Mm-mm. All right, Death Holler Awards for this one. Laurie Strode is worthless in this movie. Yeah. She's not a good final girl in part two. But, I mean, they give her a reason, but still, she... She just limps through a hallway, kind of screams, help me, and and then waits for Loomis to save her. That's really what she does. Um, I don't Yeah. Yeah, she was weak in this. It was literally it was literally Loomis that was doing everything. And I was like, do you know that meme where it's a guy poking something with a stick and it's like, do something? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking that about. That was me doing that to Lori Stroll. I was like, fucking do something. I I understand. She was drugged and she's in pain and shit. But like, bitch, run! Do- well, even that, even once she got out of the hospital, there at one point, she's hiding in a car. Yeah, which is fine. But then her, then for some reason, Jimmy decides to get in that specific car. Yeah, and she doesn't try to prevent his head from falling. She just waits until he's signaled the horn. Yeah, and which is already too late at that point. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, it it's she does nothing in the movie. Yeah, she's pretty useless. Uh, Michael Myers is not at his best in this movie because he can't even open a fucking elevator door. He's that weak. Yeah, he's very slow. Um, <laughs> he can teleport, though. So he, And he can somehow lift a nurse with a scalpel yes. off the ground, but he can't, open up a tele- he can't open up an elevator door. That's, you know, semantics. Um, but seeing his eyes bleed, seeing him on fire, yeah. that's, that's cool. Pretty cool. Uh, best kill, uh, Ben Tramer, because it's fucking hilarious. That explosion is so fucking stupid. Uh, and the body that results is a, a later on in the movie is actually yeah. pretty cool. Effects. I liked it. That looked good. Uh, and then from Michael, since that was an accident from a cop and not technically from the killer, the, the best Michael for me was that bloody IV. I just like the fact that he was smart enough to like, I'm just gonna let this bitch bleed out, you know? Yeah. So this isn't a kill. This is more like a best death, if anything. But I really loved when that guy slipped on all the blood and fell and fucking just blood just spurts out of his mouth. That was, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Uh, best scream. It's Lori again because that's all she does throughout this movie. Yeah. It's just uh, scream. Uh, best boobs, Nurse Karen before they get burnt. Yes. Uh, you know, and if she would have turned into Freddy Krueger with burnt tits, then that would have been weird, but yeah. it would have been expected because he does that a lot. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's where the inspo <laughs> came from. Uh, best side character. I couldn't come up with one. I really couldn't. Like, I mean, because Loomis is a main character for sure. He's yeah. not like he's not side anything. Most of the other side characters are bad. I mean, I don't really. And the nurses are lame. Uh, that one bitch that comes to get Loomis from, uh, you know, Smith's Grove. Yeah, she's just kind of like exposition thrown out there. There's nothing to her. Uh, that cop is okay. The cop that takes him around and shares a cigarette with him or whatever. He's all right. Yeah, you know? I, I agree he, with you. I don't. I don't have one. 
uh, Franklin Ward goes to Loomis because he's kind of he's borderline annoying in this movie. He he's, really is he's getting there. Six shots. I shot him six times. He took it up a notch in this film, and he didn't. He needed to bring it down from the first film. Uh, how annoying is Doom Prophet? He's kind of getting annoying. That's he is. Yeah. Uh, dumbest moment. God, there's a lot in this movie. That car explosion's dumb. Uh, Jimmy taking off on a blood slick floor like his ass was on fire. Yeah. Just so he could fall and get his head hit. Uh, Sam Hain. Like, how 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 was it pronounced? Uh, why was it written? Uh, and then the explanation later, you know, is to it's like uh, they worship the Dark Lord. That's not what Samhain is about. So, like, the whole thing's bad. Uh, Michael being Laurie's brother. Don't you I mean, dare. I know some people love that, but. Don't you it's, dare. It's, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that meme from uh, Glass Onion. Don't you think it's smart? No, it's dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> Jesus. All right, anything else you want to say about this movie? You can say your piece about Laurie being the sister, being like the best thing in cinematic history. Go ahead. You have your... I'm not going to say it's the best thing in cinematic history. I am going to say that it fucking works because I don't know. I don't know what the drive is. It's like he's drawn to her. Just some random hoe. Like, I don't... That doesn't make sense to me. It's like, oh, that's some girl I met on the side of the street. I want to kill the fuck out of her. That makes it more evil, though. Like, he, and he's so evil that he wants to just fucking finish the job even because he didn't get it done the first time, you know? That could... Like, he doesn't want to let go. Like, that. What she randomly walked up to the steps of his parents' house. He's like, fuck this bitch, she's dead. He didn't get the job done the first movie. He's going to keep on coming after until he gets it over with. Well, Lori comes back to life just as much as Michael does. She has, it's in the blood. <laughs> the body and the blood. Yes, the body, the and, body the and the blood. <laughs> I have spoken the prostitution rest. Uh, are you going to say anything else to defend this movie? I, I have know, nothing so- to defend this movie. I told you my small key moments that I liked. I do appreciate that they did try to do something with the budget. You know, uh, unfortunately, it was not a banger. Um, I there's little tweaks I feel that could have happened that would have made this better of a film. Uh, make Lori more of the final girl that we needed. Make, make her more of the final girl. Uh, set it less. Have the hospital be like the very last thing in the movie. Yeah. Have, more Michael, have more Michael on the street. Yes. More uh, Lori in the sheets of the hospital and Michael in the streets, you know? And then Lori could be like what, like hearing the news or and like freaking out and thinking that she needs to like do something, yeah. Or, you know that he and give her like a little bit more something to react to. Than she has she more time to prep. Absolutely, it would have, it would have added more. Um, bring Loomis down they a notch. Actually, did that in Halloween Kills though, so they technically yes, did that. <laughs> understandably, uh, Loomis bring him down a notch and have him start explaining things. You don't need to take two minutes. Like he had monologues in the first film. You didn't even need that. Just take a second, be like, "Hey, there's a serial killer by the name of Michael Myers. He used to be my patient. He's crazy. He's armed and dangerous. We need to find him." Done. I did that in what three or four seconds. Like, if you're going to be mad and scream something, at least scream something that makes sense. And get some depth to that voice, because you sound like fucking Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Do you think we should tell them what our picks are? 
Uh, not until Halloween. Yep. If you guys want to know what our picks are, you're going to have to wait until Halloween. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, folks. With that, peace be with you. And with your spirit. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him tulips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman. Please turn up.